What up, everybody? It's your boy, George Becknell, and I'm back in the paint. I got some good stuff for you this week. We're going to break down some NBA trades. We're going to talk about the New Orleans Saints and what they expect in the future and next season. And we're going to talk about a little bit of LSU recruiting. And as always, I got the guy that's doing big things in the community. And I'm bringing it all to you right after this. I want to let you know that this week's show is brought to you by the law office of Harry R. Brown Jr. Harry is an injury attorney that specializes in car accidents, truck accidents, work-related injuries, and more. If you need to reach Harry, you can do so at www.hrbrownlaw.com or you can call him at 225-938-5556. So ladies and gentlemen, if y'all don't remember anything else I've said tonight, anything else I've said on this particular episode, remember this, call Harry Brown. That's 225-938-5556. Well, let's get to it. There's a lot happened in the NBA offseason since the last time I've talked to you. Um, a couple of blockbuster trades going down in the NBA. Uh, one of them got me completely baffled, and the other one is pretty much expected, right? I'm going to start off with the one that's got me confused. You know, you look at Kawhi Leonard. You've been hearing all summer long, Kawhi's done with the Spurs. Kawhi wants to go to L.A. At first it came out, we assumed that he wanted to go to the Lakers. Then it came out that he'd rather play for the Clippers. But what we did know was that Kawhi wanted to go to the West. He wanted to go to L.A. back home. So, somehow, the San Antonio Spurs are able to trade him to the Toronto Raptors. They traded him and Danny Green for DeMar DeRozan, Jacob Potel, and a first-round draft pick. Now, I'm looking at the talent that was exchanged in the trade, and I think it's pretty even, you know. I think DeMar DeRozan is a, is a franchise player. I think he's done well in his time in Toronto, um, he's played at a high level. He's been consistent. I like the guy. But the problem is, if you're Toronto, why would you pull the trigger on this deal? I mean, if you look at it, Kawhi has one year on his deal. He's been wanting to go to L.A. I don't think you can resign this guy. And then you give up the your franchise player, a guy that's been an ambassador for the city, he wanted to stay in Toronto. He's hurt that you traded him. This was a guy that could have played his whole career. He and Kyle Lowry has had as much success as that franchise has seen. I don't see how this trade makes you better in the long run. I don't even know if Kawhi's going to end up playing because there's rumors talking about he's he's threatening to sit out. So, I don't know. I think it's a bad move for the Raptors. I do like this trade for the Spurs. Now you put DeMar DeRozan on the side of LaMarcus Aldridge in a Greg Popovich system. Now all of a sudden the Spurs look to be contenders again. 
where if you know the feeling was if you lost Kawhi, you might end up in the lottery. But there's a reason why this organization has made the playoffs 21 years and running. In the other deal, this deal is more about money than it is about players on the floor, right? The Oklahoma City Thunder have been trying to find a way to part ways with Carmelo. They were talking about waving him. So instead of just cutting Carmelo, they trade him to the Hawks along with a first-round pick and they receive Dennis Schroeder and Mike Muscala, who they traded Muscala to the 76ers right after. But they did receive Dennis Schroeder, who's who's a good guard. I feel like he's going to be able to contribute in their rotation. But the most important thing about this deal for the Oklahoma City Thunder is they were going to owe the luxury tax about $150 million. Now, since they traded Carmelo instead of just releasing him, that number goes down to $88.8 million. So they saved about $61 million and got a good piece in Dennis Schroeder. You know, yeah, they gave up a, a first-round draft pick, but the draft pick is not till 2022. I guess they're betting that they could kind of gain some momentum and make some things happen, build their team, because they were able to re-sign Paul George and they have Russell Westbrook. So... They're looking to fire on all cylinders this year. Um, as far as Carmelo goes, Carmelo comes out of here smelling like a rose because he still gets his money. You know, the Hawks absorbed this contract, and because Carmelo's going through the waiver process, he's going to get his whole $27.9 million that he was under contract for in OKC. Now, he'll be a free agent after he clears the waivers, more than likely signing with Houston, and he's still going to be able to play for the veterans minimum. So Carmelo really came out smelling like a rose in this situation. So I think this was a good trade for both parties. And speaking of new contracts, Falcons all-pro wide receiver Julio Jones will not report to training camp because he wants a new one. You know, a couple of years ago, Julio signed a five-year, $71 million deal. He has three years left on the contract and wants a new deal. You know, he saw Matt Ryan get paid. There's a lot of other guys come behind him and, and got bigger contracts. So I can definitely understand why, uh, why he wants a new deal. Me personally, when it comes to contracts, Normally, I side with the player. And I feel like these organizations are making billions of dollars. You got to get your money. Now, Julio does have three years left on his deal. But he is in his prime. He's one of the best wide receivers, if not the best wide receiver in the game right now. Atlanta should do what they need to do to take care of Julio. Because look, I'm going to tell you. Yeah, he's willing to sit out. That football team without Julio is a different football team. You know, he, he brings another dimension to that offense. And the Falcons are not the same team without him. You know, 
he could have that type of impact. I don't know if y'all remember, but in 1993, Emmitt Smith had a had a contract, you know, situation similar to what Julio's dealing with, and he set out the first two games. Cowboys were on too. They paid the brother. Rest is history. They won the Super Bowl that year. Not saying the Falcons will win the Super Bowl with Julio this year, but Julio brings that type of impact to the Falcons' offense. So if I'm Atlanta, I'd pay the man. I'd pay him and pay him quick. But somebody who's not sad to see Julio not report to camp has to be Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, Last year, Marshawn Lattimore was the defensive rookie of the year. You know, I'm looking at this Saints 2017 draft. I'm looking at this Saints 2018 draft. I was highly critical of Mickey Loomis before last year. I felt like the Saints hadn't been making the moves to, to win Going 79, four out of five years isn't acceptable, especially when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback in Drew Brees still playing. He might not be as good as he was in 2011, but he's still playing at a high level. And you have the second highest paid coach in the NFL right now, only because the Raiders threw a Brinks truck at John Gruden. So I was highly critical of Mickey Loomis. Um, But I must say, these last two drafts got me excited. Obviously, you know what Marshawn Lattimore was able to do. You know, Alvin Kamara, the offensive rookie of the year. You know, the first time in NFL history, one team has had the offensive rookie and the defensive rookie of the year. Marcus Williams, even though, even though he gets blamed for that Minnesota loss, that brother at safety had a very good rookie season. And I think he's going to come back better. And Ryan Ramsey, to me, is probably the future at left tackle. So now you got this young nucleus of players. It kind of reminds me of the 06 draft a little bit when you had Reggie Bush and, and Colston and Zach Streif and Roman Harper, some of, those, some of those same guys that's going to come in and be franchise guys. For the long for the for the long term. So I'm looking at this 2018 draft. You know, the pick that stands out to me, because obviously you go talk about Marcus Davenport. The Saints have this young secondary, and outside of Cam Jordan, they have virtually no pa- no pass rush. So Marcus Davenport is a huge addition to this football team. You know. Traquan Smith, a guy that's that's going to come in. He's going to compete for the second and third receiver spots. 6-2, runs a 4-4-9, 40-yard dash. The brother has hops, so he could go up and get the ball at the highest point. He's going to be competitive at wide receiver because the Saints last year, I thought, probably was the worst wide receiver core that Drew Brees has ever had, even though – Michael Thomas is a stud, not taking anything away from him. But the guy that I'm looking at is Rick Leonard, this guy who's played right tackle at Florida State. 
And the reason why I'm looking at him, I feel like Teron Armstead has had his injury issues. I don't know how long he's going to be able to play at a high level at left tackle. He he misses a lot of games, right? This guy, Rick Leonard, could come in and play right tackle and be an anchor at the right tackle position. And Ryan Ramsey, the guy I talked about from last year's draft, be the perfect guy to play left tackle. So I'm looking at this New Orleans Saints team, and obviously you got a whole bunch of other guys, right? You still got Drew Brees. You know, I talked about Michael Thomas on the offensive side of the ball. Cam Jordan, Sheldon Rankings on defense. All of a sudden, this team looks like a team that could really do some damage, not just for this year, because I think this year is Super Bowl a bust for this football team. It's a good young football team outside of Drew Brees, you know. But going forward, this is a nice nucleus of young talent. I think this team could be good for a few years. They have to find a quarterback. I'm not sold on Taysom Hill. I think he's one of Sean Payton's projects that uh, that just won't pan out. Kind of like your Brandon Coleman's, Gary Grayson's. One of those guys. But the guy who I'm really interested to see in training camp is going to be JT Barrett. You know, the quarterback from Ohio State, um, he had some injury problems up there. He went undrafted. Urban Meyer knows how to develop quarterbacks. He knows how to develop quarterbacks. And I'm curious to see how JT Barrett is going to look under the tutelage of Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Not saying he's the long-term answer at quarterback, but I'm I'm just curious to see how he looks because, man, if he could be, and the Saints don't have to waste a draft pick on that, on the quarterback position, this team could really be set up for the future. But as far as the present goes, there's huge expectations. You know, we just talked about Drew Brees. There's no telling how long he's going to play. He's just signed a two-year contract extension with the Saints. One would have to assume it might be his final two years. He might be able to play a little longer. But the man has played on a high level for so long, you got to ask yourself, how long can you do it? So that's why it's imperative that the Saints win now. Now the team is built up real well. Uh, You have... One of the better backfields, if not the best backfield in the National Football League in Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. Now, Mark Ingram is suspended for the first four games. But if you look at it, the Saints went out and signed Terrence West from Baltimore and Shane Vereen from the Giants to add some depth to that backfield. So add those two guys to the offensive rookie of the year from last year, Alvin Kamara, you know, there there's guys there that could fill in for the first four games. And those first four games, anyway, you got Tampa at home, you got Cleveland at home, you go to Atlanta, and you go to the Giants. There's no reason why this football team can't go at least 3-1 and one 
in those four games. But time will tell. If I had to go out and make a prediction for the season, my prediction would be another 10-plus win season. Actually, I'd say 12-4. and You know, just looking at the schedule, you got some tough teams that you have to play. You got some very good quarterbacks coming in. Um, But the Saints, on paper, are better than they were last year. They've improved the receiving core. They got more of a pass rush. That young secondary is a year older. So I'm expecting big things from the Saints this year, and you should too. So my prediction, 12-4, and four, and hopefully they end up in Atlanta for the Super Bowl. I think that I'd love nothing more for the Saints to win the Super Bowl on the, on the Falcons' turf. So keeping the theme with Louisiana football, LSU's 2019 recruiting class only has one running back and no wide receivers thus far. So there's a couple of guys I've been really watching that I'm sure Coach O would love to be able to sign. Um, The first of which is a guy from Destrehan named John Emery Jr. He's a second-ranked running back in the country based on 247sports.com. And just watching film on this dude, he's the type of running back that can do it all, man. Like, he's he's a good receiver out of the backfield. He has nice hands. He, he can run between the tackles. But what I like about this guy the most is this guy has some very good breakaway speed. You know, just I've watched – his sophomore and his junior year of film. And I got to tell you, I, I don't see him getting caught from behind. I mean, this guy is pretty fast. He's real warm on Georgia, LSU, Mississippi State, and Tennessee. So it's got a, LSU has a good chance of signing him. I'm not sure which team he'll select. But either way, you know, we'll hit his brother's name a lot. Another guy is Noah Kane. Now, Noah is ranked as number six running back on 247.com. I like this kid. Just watching the film on him, he doesn't have that breakaway speed that John Emery has, but he's an elusive runner. He's more of a downhill kind of back. He runs between the tackles as well, but he's, he's more shifty, so... He makes defenders miss, and he also breaks a lot of tackles. So I don't think you can go wrong with either one of these guys. But unlike Emory, Kane does have LSU number one on his board, where Emory has LSU number two. So we'll see what happens with those two. Now, Trey Palmer from Kentwood is another guy that they're looking at. Um, He's listed at a wide receiver. I kind of see him a little bit more in that athlete uh, category. I'm not overly impressed with his route running, but I do like his athleticism. I feel like once he gets the ball, he can make guys miss. He can make plays in the open field. And I do love the way that he blocks downfield. He blocks with a tenacity. So we'll see where he fits in. Um, he has played some strong safety in high school. Don't know if he'll play on the defense side of the ball. I do like this kid's athleticism. 
I'm not that big on his route running. We'll see how he develops in school. But this is another guy that could be a contributor for LSU. And last but not least, probably the one of the guys I, I enjoy watching the most was Devontae Lee from Amit. This guy's a wide receiver. Um, he has very, very good speed. I like his route running. But the thing I like about this guy the most, man, this guy can jump. And when he goes after the football, he attacks it at his highest point and comes down with it almost every time. He plays the game with a tenacity. I would love to see this guy be in a Tiger uniform. He might be the next Juice Landry. You never know. But I really, really like this guy. All right, y'all, shifting gears a little bit. I told y'all a couple weeks ago I'd be discussing an athlete making an impact in his community every week from now on. So this week I want to talk about Langston Galloway. He's a Baton Rouge native. He uh, He's a current guard for the Detroit Pistons. He played at St. John's University. He spent some time with the Knicks. He spent some time with the Pelicans and the Kings. Now he's in uh, Detroit. But, you know, the native Baton Rougean held his life and skills clinic for about 200 kids in the Baton Rouge area. Galloway's main purpose behind this camp is to promote athletics, academics, health, and faith in order to foster a positive path for kids as they navigate through life. Well done, Langston Galloway. Well, look, I hope that you've thoroughly enjoyed everything I've had to say. I love feedback, so always feel free to hit me up. My Instagram is at N underscore the underscore paint. And my Twitter is at George underscore Becknell. Let me know what you think. Let, let me know how you think my saints will do. And always, I'll catch you next time in the paint. <laughs>